Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The emotion. And Dortmund against all the odds. Our European champions. Welcome to episode number 20. Believe in Borussia. I'm your host, Tilo, and we are finally here. The season is about to start. The summer break is finally over. Yes, we watched the Euros, NBA, NFL, some Olympia, but nothing quite compares to regular league soccer and it is finally back. The season openers here, we're kicking it off in the league against Eintracht Frankfurt. What a great game. We got the top match on Saturday, 12.30 Eastern or 9.30 Pacific time. So everybody can enjoy it to the fullest. And we are going to look at the crew at the helm, not just Marco Rose, but his whole team and see who is leading us into the new adventure, the 21-22 season what it will entail for us. And we're also going to cover some Gio Reyna, some Erling Haaland cheddar, and we have a new fan love segment, which is going to be great. And during all of August, we are still running our fantastic giveaway on Twitter, on, on Instagram. You just have to go over there at Believe in Borussia, B-L-E-A-V in Borussia, and find the right post, comment with your favorite player. Could be recent, could be historic. And that's it. And obviously, you have to be within the confines of North America because we will not be able to send it to the Fiji Islands. But for the lucky winner, which we will draw at the end of the month, they will win a full set, not just one, not just two, a full set of autographs from Borussia Dortmund from the 2021 season. So that entails all the players you can think of. Erling Haaland, Marco Reus, Gio Reyna, Rafa, Mats Hummels, you name it, whoever you want, even Eden Terzic is still in there in the mix. So just a fantastic package and all you have to do is go on the channel, follow us and comment with your favorite player. And I've seen quite a lot of Haaland love, I've seen some Mukuku, I've seen uh, obviously a bunch of Royce. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting, but it doesn't matter who you vote for. I just, you know, want to see that you have some skin in the game and have a favorite player, have a nice Dortmund player, and then you just need to get lucky at the end. Whether you're just chasing luck or you're savvy, when it comes to betting, you should check out BetOnline, which is our partner and sponsor. They got a ton of futures, all sorts of prop bets that you can think of, all the leagues and sports that you are into. Don't nobody love this game more than me. So go check them out. Visit their website today or use your mobile device to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, just head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, 
your online sportsbook experts. We have listeners from all over the place, globally, but also in the US. And a lot of times I get the sentiment that some fans feel that they're the only fans in the area and they wouldn't know where to find other fans and how to connect with them. I want to remedy that. And as part of the new season, we are going to install a new segment where we introduce fan clubs around the country because whenever I meet fans around the land, they're always astonished how many other Dortmund fans are actually out here. And they're probably equally astonished about how many fan clubs are actually already out here and are active. And they would love to connect with you and you should connect with them. So to give them more visibility and to kick things off, we have this new segment and we will start with a great fan club from Atlanta whom I had the pleasure of meeting a few years back in Dortmund. And without further ado... Maybe you can start stating your name and the name of your fan club. Yep. So my name is Sean Bradley, uh, and I'm a part of the uh, official Borussia Dortmund fan club of Atlanta, our, our kind of shorthand as we go by BVBATL. And um, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks for coming on. And maybe you can tell us when did you start? So we officially started in 2018 as a fan club. I don't know how well everyone remembers, but that was the summer that we had a tour, one of the summer tours that Bruce Dortmund did with the ICC. They were in, I believe it was Charlotte, North Carolina, where it kind of uh, sort of inspired. Against Liverpool? Yes. Yep. We were at that game and a handful of people in Atlanta all kind of noticed, uh, <laughs> you know, we were going and it was like, hey, what, you know, why don't we hang out? Why don't we watch games together more? And that was sort of the start of... Uh, getting together for all the matches and, and uh, the start of the fan club. That's pretty cool. And how many members do you have today? So, yeah, it's a tough, tough figure to, to pin down. I would say we have a solid, so probably around 30 members who are, you know, close-knit, actual, actual friends, right? We hang out outside of just Dortmund games and, and people who regularly are um, showing up to matches and parties together, uh, barring, you know, any viruses or anything going around when we can actually get together but um yeah and we have a greater community than that i think online as well not everybody can always make it out but we have over 100 uh, members in our closed group uh so i kind of reflect that a, a little bit as a membership just because um we we do make sure you're from the area and a real person to, in order to be in that group so it's a good uh, it's a good community Great, yeah, and I mean that's that's a very respectable figure, and as you mentioned, it's 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 difficult for various reasons, even outside of COVID, to you know get everybody together. Props to that, you know, and just in a few years. So, where do you meet when you meet? What's your go-to place? So we have two spots right now. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to the beloved uh, Rira, our Irish pub, uh, pre-pandemic. It, it's no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, that it used to be where we were at. Um, now, currently, we have two spots we go to just depending on the match day, kickoff time. Uh, one being Round Trip Brewery is a new brewery on the Upper West Side of the city. It's a great spot, big open space, awesome projector that we have to ourselves to watch the games, and they specialize in in German beer. So it's a it's a really cool spot to get together for the games, and then. Also, uh, Henry's Midtown Tavern in Midtown Atlanta, uh, for some of the earlier kickoffs, they uh, so graciously opened their doors early for us to, to come watch the games there as well. So, um, yeah, all their info is 
is uh, we'll, I'll tag them or share or whatever we got to do to let people know exactly where that is. But those are our two spots. Awesome. And can anybody just come or join the fan club or how does it work with you guys? Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty open. Uh, we even have a number of members who are not Dortmund fans who are a part of our fan club and get together with us regularly just because, you know, maybe if you're like a Mainz or a Dusseldorf fan, there might not be as many, you know, fellow uh, Patriots to, to, or compatriots, I should say, to watch along with. So they join us and we, um, like, same, same thing with the closed group. I just, I just try and make sure you're a real person. And as long as, uh, you know, there's no funny business going on, all are welcome. That sounds great. You're sort of like a German soccer base in a sense. Yeah, yeah, we definitely try and promote, you know, the community, the sport, the Bundesliga. Uh, not everyone's going to be a Dortmund fan, even though we, we try and convert you if we can. But if not, we're, we're just fans of, of the league and, and the sport as well. But just to be super clear for, you know, the listeners, the core group of you guys are Dortmund fans. Oh, yeah. I mean, fanatics. We're going to don't don't uh, plan any any uh, parties next door because we're going to we're going to ruin it. We're going to be yelling. We're going to we're we're absolutely bonkers for uh, for Dortmund and, and we love our club. Awesome. So how can somebody get in touch with you and with whom should they get in touch with? We have a great group, uh, kind of like a core leadership. There's a number of people you could potentially reach out to, but just to make it easy, feel free to reach out to me. We have um, we have an email specifically just for the fan club. It's atlanta.evb at gmail.com. And we're all over social media. Um, so you, you can get a hold of me slash us that way as well. And uh Yes. I mean, it's pretty great. People literally just the other day, someone reached out and said, Hey, how, how do I join? I saw you on Twitter. What do I got to do? And, and we just patch you in however, however we can. What are your social media platforms on your handles? Our public Facebook group is uh, just the name of the club. So uh, I think if it's not Brucey Dortmund fan club of Atlanta, it's, you know, BVB fan club of Atlanta, something like that. Our Twitter handle is little bit of a pun. It's Echte underscore ATL Liebe. So just shoehorning ATL into Echte Liebe there with the underscore in between. Uh, as well as Instagram, we're at um, ATL underscore BBB2. So sorry to not have continuity there for you, but um, that's all right. You can follow that breadcrumb trail. You'll, you'll be able to get a hold of us. Awesome, man. So um, anything else you want to share with anyone out there, any Dortmund fans in the States, any message or I don't know, something you're looking forward to? Are you meeting next week? Is that your season kickoff? So we had our season kickoff yesterday for the Pokal. Great match. Uh, love, love seeing Holland with the hat trick. It was a little bit scrappy, but we did have a good crew together. And we'll, we'll definitely be getting together next weekend for the Bundesliga uh, season opener. Um, and yeah, if, if I could just share a message, it would be to resonate, you know, we love Dortmund and all Dortmund fans are welcome, but we also are just trying to promote the soccer community in Atlanta. So no matter what team you're a fan of, if you want to come hang out and watch, you know, some games with us, um, you know, we would love to just sort of help, help the family continue to grow. Everyone but Schalke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no Schalke fans in Atlanta. We, <laughs> Well, there's also no Schalke in the Bundesliga, so there's that. Fair enough. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. And yeah, if you're in the Atlanta area or coming through, uh, as you can tell, Sean is a great guy. And, you know, they will welcome you with open arms to have a great time. Definitely. Thank you so much, Tilo. All right, let's get into Dortmund. And let's start with Gio Reyna. 
Rainer gave an interview in the German Kicker, and he was reflecting a little bit on taking over number 7 duties and his relationship with Jaden Sancho. Historically, the numbers 111 all meant something, mostly that you're a bona fide first team player, but they also carried a positional association and a certain flair with it. It's obviously easier to shine on the offense, so as a striker or winger, um, you hear for example still today, he's a true number 9, meaning that he's a box striker or He's the number one, meaning he's the goalie. The sixer is still very popular these days. And the seven, well, that has been the quintessential winger for a long time, especially in England. So the seven means something to Gio, and it meant something to Jaden for sure. In said interview with the German kicker, Gio said that Jaden already had suggested to take over his number in case he was leaving the club. And Gio talked about their special relationship. From day one, Sancho offered him help, and to call him at any time. And you cannot underestimate the combination of A, having another young teammate and B, an English native speaker. So naturally, that was an ally. And kudos for Jaden for stepping up to the plate and offering a hand right here. I mean, it made it probably so much easier for Gio to integrate. Obviously, Gio also has a very good relationship with Manuel Kanji who is basically his neighbor and has taken him under his wing, but it's always nice to vibe with someone in your own language and who is culturally maybe a little closer to the things you like. And Jaden not only talked to him, apparently he also showed him how to be fearless and confident as a young player, which is something that Gio has and he's showing. And, you know, if you use Jaden's ascend as a measuring stick, that's obviously some big shoes to fill. So hopefully Gio can move into this role and make the next step next year. And Gio also chatted a little bit about other role models. He's impressed by Lukas Piszczek and what he called relentless work and dedication to his craft while always being a team first player. That mentality um, really stuck out to him. And he said Lukas was beloved all around and that's not hard to believe. Um, he's such a great guy. We will miss him dearly. Marco said something similar. Every time it comes up, like in press conferences or when they're shooting some content, like for social media or YouTube, or the quiz taxi and things like that, you can just tell what a great guy, not only player, but what a great human being Lucas Pichek was and how important he was for that dressing room. Well, in, during the preseason, Gio actually looked really good in the central role, right behind a striker. And... Um, Naturally, he was asked about competing against Marco Reus, but he said despite the similarities in the game and maybe that position, he does not consider Marco competition. He still looks up to Reus, at least that's what he says, and he finds things to pick up from him in his game still, and just appreciates playing with such a legend. So, yeah, I mean, if they could swap it out more, I actually would like to see Gio play a little more in the central road here and then when possible. Because I am curious what he can do in a more central role where he has more options in terms of playmaking and passing left and right, you know, finding Erling in space, these kind of situations, but also taking people one-on-one -on -one or, you know, going in for a shot with a fake. So ultimately it's up to him. If he plays well, he will play often. And if he plays fantastic in a central role, well, then he will play often in the central role. Gio also had some good moments in the cup, but the headlines belong to someone else. Rainer with a fine pass for Erling Haaland. Haaland to the center. That's a fabulous ball for Haaland. And a fabulous goal to go with it. 
Dortmund are in charge. Erling Haaland is in charge. 2 0. Here's Haaland on a hat trick. First of all, the keeper was there, but he could not stop Haaland from scoring. Erling Haaland put on another show with a hat trick performance, scoring all three goals in the clear 3 0 victory to put the reigning cup champions Borussia Dortmund into the next round. And Haaland's 60 goal and 60 games record is nothing short of astonishing. No one has a better ratio. Seriously, Ronaldo, in his absolute prime, is kind of close to it, needing 61 games for 60 goals when he went to Real Madrid. Next up on that list is Suarez at Barcelona, and he needed 76 games for Barca to score 60 goals. Lewandowski, when going to Bayern, needed 87 games. And we're talking about prime age of their careers here with Suarez, Leva, and Ronaldo. Haaland is in the beginning of his career. The closest thing to Haaland age-wise and maybe skill-wise in a sense or like potential-wise is Mbappé and he needed 87 game. Aguero, Lukaku and all that, they all needed over 100 games to crack 60. Like I said, it's not even close. Unfortunately, these kind of numbers are always fodder for the rumor mill. And an especially shameless example this week was against Sky Sports News, who tweeted, and I'm quoting, Bayern Munich Sporting Director Hassan Salihamidzic has confirmed the club are looking into the possibility of signing Erling Haaland from Borussia Dortmund. Now, when you read that, it really sounds like Bayern is prepping an offer right now proactively to make a move. But the only thing is, Salihamidzic never said anything of the sort. It's just another example of shameless clickbaiting. Because what actually happened was... Sally Hamitsch spoke on German soccer TV. He was on a talk show that is a little bit like the German Chiringuito or ESPNFC. It's really more entertainment than actual insights. They usually have one star guest. In this case, it was Hassan Sally Hamitsch. And then he gets a bunch of softball questions. And then the host hopes to maybe trip him up and get something juicy to slip out. So when the round turned to the Haaland performance from the cup, the host turned to Salihamidzic and said, well, he's amazing. You at Bayern, you just got to look at him, don't you, right? You got to look at the possibility of Haaland. That's got to be someone for your club, right? So he's trying to lead on Salihamidzic again and again to make a bold proclamation about Haaland until Hassan finally, you know, trying to put an end to this, says, look, he's a Dortmund player. 60 goals in 60 games is sensational, no doubt about it. And that's something you got to look at. Otherwise, you'd not be doing your job. That's it. That was totally it. It was more putting an end to the discussion than starting it. How that is a confirmation of Bayern making moves on Haaland is beyond me. Because it is just not. Clickbait and nonsense, like I said. And the goal here is to feed into that lazy black and white narrative. In this case... Bayern getting all the Dortmund or the Bundesliga players. Create flashes of Leva. Only that Lewandowski deal was seven years ago. And we've had plenty of talent on the team since. That also would have been interesting for Bayern, to be fair. Um, for example, Usman Dembele. That was when Bayern was still looking to replace Robben and Ribéry. And he was way out of their league. Because, as I said before, the players that are interesting for Bayern now at Dortmund are either too pricey or just not interested in going to Bayern, or both. Of course, Bayern will have a look at Haaland, but it's 
not 2001 anymore and it's a signed thing and Bayern just gets a free pick on all Bundesliga players. That won't work with Haaland, that didn't work with Havertz and Bayern's business model is simply not paying big transfer fees, it's paying big wages, relatively. So would they pay 80-90 million for Haaland if that clause even exists? Yeah, maybe. But would they put another 30 to 40 million on it with fees and Raiola and so on and it balloons to 150 million or something like that? I very, very much doubt it. Whatever the case is, Erling Haaland will suit up in black and yellow this Saturday. Unlike Rafa Guerrero and Mats Hummels who are still out. So the coach will have to make some tough decisions in other areas. And speaking of Marco Rose, I want to take this episode and take a look not only at him, but give you an overview of the whole staff. We're going into a new season. It's the perfect time to shed some light on that crew that is supposed to take this team to glory. Of course, you've heard about coach Marco Rose, but can you even name one of his assistants? And hint, no, it's not Edin Terzic. Marco Rose's first assistant coach is Alexander Zickler. Well, that name will ring a bell or two with old Bundesliga hats, as Zickler had quite a playing career, much more accomplished than Rose for that matter. Zickler was born in East Germany, where he played for Dynamo Dresden, but ended up at Bayern in the East Germany sweepstakes. And if you want to know more about that, then listen to the episode about Red Bull Leipzig and uh, East German soccer. But back to Zickler, he suited up over 200 times for the Reds. He won the Champions League, he won the Club World Cup, seven German league titles, a bunch of German cup titles. He even got 12 caps for Germany. But towards the end of a time at Bayern, he had some serious injuries. So he left the club in 2005 and then joined Red Bull Salzburg for a couple of years and won a boatload of titles in Austria. So naturally with that club Vita, he isn't exactly in my book of cool people yet. Uh, and adding injury to insult, he scored his first pro goals versus Borussia Dortmund in 1993 when he played for Dynamo Dresden and beat Dortmund 3-0, scoring two goals. And fun fact, Dynamo Dresden was coached back then by Klaus Sammer, father of Borussia Dortmund legend and Ballon d'Or winner Matthias Sammer, who also used to play forward for the black and yellow team from Saxony Dynamo Dresden. Just a piece of trivia knowledge again. Anyway, back to Zickler. In 2012, Zickler started coaching youth teams for Red Bull Salzburg with a stint at their farm team Liefering. He eventually made it to assistant coach of the first team when a fellow youth coach by the name of Marco Rose took over the reins. So I guess they hit it off because he followed Rose from Salzburg to Gladbach and now they ended up in Dortmund. Quite a different Vita. Almost the polar opposite to Alexander Zickler is our second assistant coach, René Maric. He's Austrian and he has no notable pro playing experience. Instead, he started right from the get-go as a youth coach at a tiny club in Austria, TSU Handenburg. I don't even know where that is. In the nether regions of Austrian amateur soccer. But he must have done something right because the energy drink empire bought him on as a youth coach and when energy drink Salzburg won the youth champions league under Rose his assistant was Maric and he too was moved to the first team where he met Rose and then Sickler who came from Liefering 
And then he too went with Rose to Gladbach and now to Dortmund. Our goalie coach remains Matthias Kleinstreiber, who has played over 100 games for Borussia Dortmund 2 and then coached goalies for Borussia Dortmunds under 19 and the second team until he took over from Teddy the Bear in 2017. So no changes there. Rose brought on one more staffer, which is Patrick Eibenberger, as an athletic coach who also made his way via the sugar drink Salzburg Empire to Mönchengladbach and Borussia Dortmund. He here joins athletic coaches Florian Wangler, who's been with Dortmund since the club days, and Matthias Kolojai, who joined Borussia Dortmund in 2019. So we have quite a crew there, and it's funny how not too long ago there was only one manager and he was coaching, taking care of practice sessions, scouting, negotiating contracts, doing laundry, I don't know, whatever, but just a whole lot. And now you have this huge team or this big team, I suppose. And to be fair, I think speaking internationally, when you look at some of the other teams, that's not even that many people. But either way, the limelight is still on the one and only guy in charge, and that's Marco Rosa. So we also have to take a deeper look at him. And while Marco Rosa seems to be a Red Bull guy, he's actually a Mainz guy. That same school that a certain Jurgen Klopp and a certain Thomas Tuchel went through. Marco Rosa hails from Leipzig, also former East Germany, and found his way via VfB Leipzig and Hannover 96 to Mainz in 2002. And that's just when a certain Jurgen Klopp had taken over the reins at Mainz and turned a tiny second division club that was constantly battling promotion into a Bundesliga challenger. Rosa as a player, he wasn't terrible and certainly better than, say, club, but not exactly world beater material either. So we had to fight for a spot is what I mean. He was usually playing left back and he had to compete which I personally appreciate because I feel an experience like that and some challenges in terms of like life lessons and also being able to relate to players that are maybe not just cruising by on their God-given talent is something very valuable for a coach. While at Mainz, they suffered two final match day heartaches in consecutive seasons 2003 and 2004 missing out on the Bundesliga promotion on the final match day in the last game. But then in year three, they finally managed to squeeze through on Klopp's third full year at the helm and won promotion to the Bundesliga. They stayed three years in the Bundesliga until the club and Rose, of course, were relegated again and Klopp said farewell. So Rose's new coach became Jörn Andersen, and he led Mainz straight back into the Bundesliga the next year, but was let go and replaced by Thomas Tuchel in 2009-2010, which was Marco Rose's final pro season with the club. For 2010-2012, Rose served as a player coach at the Mainz 2 team, and at the meantime, the first Mainz team had their best season ever. They started with seven straight Ws, including a 2-1 defeat over Bayern, which was big news back then. Um, the streak was busted 
by Borussia Dortmund, if I recall correctly. And I think Lukas Piszczek scored that winning goal, but I could be wrong. And nevertheless, Mainz still managed to finish fifth. So quite a remarkable achievement. I'm sure somebody like Marco Rose, who coached, who played alas on the second team and had been with the club for so long and it, it is a relatively small club, a, more like a family. I'm sure he saw a lot of things that he could also put into his toolbox, like how to maximize just the talent and the skills that you have on a team to make them perform at the top, really fulfill their potential because on paper, I don't think that Mainz team was necessarily deemed to finish top five, but they did. So safe to say that Marco Rose got to witness a lot of greatness as a player under both Klopp and Tuchel. And like Klopp, he was a defender who possibly was carried more by his smarts than his skills, which still gave him a very respectable pro career as a player. But maybe his wits will now allow him to, to have an even greater career as a coach. And arguably he already has. Landing the Borussia Dortmund head coach job, which is a top 12 global coaching gig, well, that's pretty rare air. So how did he get here? After Mainz, he went back to his hometown and coached Lokomotive Leipzig, but he left after one year to become a youth coach at RB Salzburg. So after two years with the under 16, he then coached the under 18 and led them to the UEFA Youth Champions League win, which earned him a promotion to the top gig at Salzburg. And when he did decent work there, Mönchengladbach came knocking. He must be a pretty loyal dude considering he's dragging a team of four with them to Gladbach and now Borussia Dortmund. And he can't be a total asshole either if this group of very different people, as I just explained a little bit, is so willing to follow him. So let's hope the players will follow him too, and he can finally get the most out of the squad in this club. I wish Marco Rose and the team good luck for the 21-22 season, and I hope this will be the beginning of a wonderful partnership. Thank you for listening to Believe in Borussia, presented by BetOnline. Don't forget to follow and comment on our Instagram and Twitter post for a chance to win that red BVB autograph set. Again, if you already commented, great. Share it if you want to. Give us a shout out, obviously. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, what have you. Leave us a review. We really appreciate it. And until the next week, a black and yellow shout out across America. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.